Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, as I wrote in the Tampa Bay Times, the Bucks' uh, hopeful run to that second straight Super Bowl title, yeah, it now has a discernible limp. Bad news for the Bucks: Chris Godwin, their leading receiver, their franchise player, is going to miss the remainder of the season. He is done for the year. MRIs revealed a torn ACL that he sustained in Sunday night's uh, 9 nothing loss to the Saints. Bruce Arians announced uh, that bad news on I guess it was uh, Monday afternoon. Monday morning, there were reports that it looked like Godwin may have gotten out of this, that he just uh, had a sprained MCL. But that was before uh, they had had the MRI and consulted with doctors, and it is indeed uh, a torn ACL, which is just awful, right? Not just for the, forget the football team for a second. Um, it's obviously going to hurt the Bucks because he's their leading receiver and all of that stuff. But, man, when you talk about a guy that has – you know, a third-round pick that, you know, made himself, uh, you know, a number one receiver in this league, even though he plays opposite Mike Evans, uh, became a franchise player, and the Bucks could franchise him again, or he could become a free agent. To have this injury at this time in his career is heartbreaking, and 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 something that could alter his career. I mean, this is the, you know, this is the discussion we probably need to have, Steve Versnick, because. Um, even though the hit that he sustained from P.J. Williams with the Saints was legal, um, it's one that, you know, receivers would just as soon get hit in the shoulders and the head area than you have to go down low and target their legs. And this is why, because they make their money with their legs. And I, I'm not minimizing concussion risks and, you know, defenseless receivers and all of that. I'm just saying, um, you know, for for guys to you know to expose their their knees this way because you can't hit them anywhere is problematic and it's it could cost Chris Godwin who knows how many millions of dollars Chris Collinsworth brought it up on Sunday night football about the mm-hmm. you know look guys you know would rather be hit in the head or the neck because it's their legs that provide their living for them yeah if they can't run they don't have that speed They've got nothing. And, and you know, the NFL has taken the head hits out of the game, and, and, and rightfully so, and I, I get what they're doing. But the other part of that is they've made the low hits more prevalent because of that. But the other part, and Chris Collinsworth brought this up too, is when you've got tight ends at 260, 270, 280 running down the field, these defensive backs can't tackle them without going low. And so you've got two factors. You've got one, you're not allowed to hit up high. Mm-hmm. But good luck of these small DBs trying to tackle these tight ends that are that are huge now. And so these low hits are becoming more and more. And, and you see the the you know what happened with Chris Godwin last night, and it's a shame. And and, and you know who knows what it's going to cost him. And, and we have a a question from one of our, our frequent tweeters, cognitive dissonant, asking what are the Bucks going to do with him now? I mean, he's yeah. a, on the franchise tag. 
What if he can't play next year? Now, generally in ACL, I would imagine he could play by next season. Uh, granted, I, 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 you know, it may depend on how serious it is, but usually it's what eight to nine months. It's about a it's about a nine month, yeah, mm-hmm. nine month rehab, and that's that. When I say rehab, that's not football. Like that's not football mm-hmm. related. That's just to get strength in the in the leg, and you know, there's going to be a certain amount of atrophy anytime you're casted like that as you are with an ACL. Um, you know, it's it, it it it's a slow process, so you lose. Uh, muscle density you you know you've got to um, go back and strengthen that leg and then there's then there's the whole process of once you're cleared for physical activity and running and things like that um, you know there's a mental hurdle that is enormous for these guys in football with any injury but particularly for a receiver with his legs right and we saw this I think to a large degree with OJ Howard this year and his Achilles he has never looked completely right to me um even though he has fought through a lot of that mental block. But, you know, when, you, when you've been injured this way and, and you are going to have contact again, he's going to get hit again uh, in the lower part of his body. And he's going to have to cut. And, you know, uh, he's going to have, you know, a, a real mental block about how confident he is, you know, putting his foot in the ground hard, turning it, uh, torquing his body on it. And, you know, making catches in traffic where guys can hit them below the waist. And and it's it sounds like, well, you know, you're a football player. Sure, you can get, get past that. Well, it's not that easy because, you know, rehabbing nine months every single day, right, um, from, you know, the, the post-op uh, and all the, the swelling and the anti-inflammatories and, you know, things that you don't you and I don't even think about sometimes – uh, having to drain the knee if if you do too much, um, there's there's just a whole you know infection can be part of this at times. There's there's just a whole post op situation, and then the rehab is painful. You know you're trying to improve your range of motion, and it's a daily drip 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 process, right? While the rest of your teammates are together, and you're not you're not part of them, you know and you're not going to be part of the off season. You're not going to be and because it happens so late in the year. I don't know if he's going to be ready by training camp. And and the thing is, you know, free agency starts in March, right? Around around the middle of March every year. And the new league year is is upon us. And I don't doubt that the Bucks will have probably every intention of re-signing him or or maybe even franchising him again maybe. But what Chris Godwin has lost is leverage, you know? And what he's lost is opportunity to get that, you know, uh, generational wealth, that, you know, $100 million contract, that, you know, $18 million a year for five years or whatever, 19, um, that he had earned because he was by far having his best season. You know, he was absolutely going to set the club's single season record for catches. He was eight away from uh, a 20 year record held by Keyshawn Johnson of 106. Um, you know, he was about 200 yards away from, you know, his career high in yardage. And and just the way he plays, right? And, and we can talk about what the impact is going to be to the football team because it's going to be devastating. Like, you know, I love Mike Evans, and what he has done is, you know, he's put together a Hall of Fame resume. He's probably, you know, barring injury, he's probably going to go over 1,000 yards again for the eighth straight year or whatever it is. And – He's phenomenal in the red zone. He's got, you know, 12, 11, 12 touchdowns already. 
But Mike Evans does not impact the run game the way Godwin does. I mean, Godwin mm-hmm. in that slot receiver position is asked and willing and good at it, right? It's not just he's willing and he's also good at it. Cracking down on linebackers, cracking down on defensive linemen, guys much bigger than him, um, you know, uh, creating space for guys like Leonard Fournette and others. It's just really hard. Uh, they're not going to be able to find anybody on that roster that can do that. They're not. Um, and certainly Antonio Brown, uh, you know, he's coming back, and in this situation without their top two receivers, the timing is optimum for that. Um, but he's not Chris Godwin, and he's not, he doesn't play that same position. He's an outside receiver. He's a smallish guy. He's great in, in tight spaces, and he's uh, certainly a quick twitch guy that they don't have, and he can get behind the defense because of his speed. Um, but he's not going to do or, or do anything close that approximate really what Chris or Mike Evans does. So, you know, it, it's going to be a challenge, man. I mean, it's going to be a real challenge for them to try to win a Super Bowl without Chris uh, or even go deep in the playoffs. You know, it, it just uh, – that was a if, – if you were going to throw a dart at that offense and say if you had to lose a guy for the year um, – you would pick a lot of players before you would get to Chris Godwin if you were ranking them by importance. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I feel bad for him. Yeah, I think this is, you know, I, the impact in the run game is is the biggest, Not I shouldn't say the biggest loss, but it's the part of the game that no one talks about with him as much because he's such a good receiver and he's piling up the yards in the, in the receptions this year and Tom Brady really trusts him. But, it, you know, he like Gronk, both him and Godwin are so effective in blocking in the run game. And when you have skill players that, that do that, it makes your team so much better. And and in that slot position, that's important. And, I, you know, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, I mean, they're just not as good at Godwin in doing that. Um, and, and they're not going to be. Antonio Brown is. I mean, none of those guys are. And that's not really Antonio Brown's position. But, you know, it, it's that's going to be a huge drop-off, and it's going to make – Leonard Fournette, if he's healthy enough to go, Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, whoever else is running the ball, it's going to make their jobs a lot harder. No doubt, no doubt. And, you know, as as we're doing this podcast, there's also word that um, on a smaller scale, but a guy that's very important, a core special teams player, Patrick O'Connor, mm-hmm. um, he's not only – he's also got a season-ending knee injury. Looks like a very serious – even more serious potentially than Chris Godwin's because – it involves not only the ACL but the PCL and part of and, and perhaps the MCL as well. So, uh, devastating knee injury for him. Um, I can't even begin to to think how you come back from that. But um, so they look they <laughs> this game that the Saints played against the Bucks um, is, is going to have an impact for whatever is left of their season. And they did a pretty good job, not just from the injury standpoint of knocking out players but you know they're now the number three seed in the nfc because with three teams tied at 10 and four um you know you you go to a tiebreaker which is conference record and that gives it to dallas even though they beat dallas and so you know if if dallas wins out and the bucks went out um, Cardinals went out. I mean, it's going to end up being the Bucks with the third seed. Well, we're taping which, this before Monday night's game where the Rams play. So the Rams correct. could actually pass the Cardinals tonight too. They could pass the Cardinals and, and, and get their 10th win. So 
in in that situation, in, in a multiple team situation, you look at conference record, and the Bucks do not have it over uh, at least the Cowboys for now, and so you know they need they need the Cowboys to lose one game, um, potentially probably the you know either well probably right now as we speak the Cardinals to lose one game, and they would have to win out, and that would give them the number two seed. The one seed is long gone. I mean, I don't see Green Bay, you know, losing two games out of their final three. They may not lose any games out of their three. So I, I think that whoever wins the NFC title is probably going to have to do it at Lambeau Field again, which is not an easy task and certainly won't be this year with fans and a full full stadium and most likely a day that's not as bomb as the 33- or 34-degree day that the Bucks had, you know, back in February. So, uh, you know, this, this, this loss – and loss of players um, just overall had a, had an enormous impact on this season, you know, this one game. And, of course, it was the Saints because the Saints own the Bucks and they own Tom Brady too, you know. They, they do. And it's because they have this, the type of defense and the type of players, really good, good players at every level that can affect Brady um, in so many ways. And – you know, when you've got corners like Marshawn Lattimore that can play man coverage on the outside, you just leave him out there, and he's going to compete for every single ball you throw to Mike Evans as a combat catch. When you can play cover two, but then also just rush four, and with those four guys, like Cam Jordan and those guys, be able to get home on the pass rush, affect the passer with just by rushing four, then your underneath coverage is really good too. So at every level where you're trying to, you know, trying to get guys open, it, it's a problem. And, you know, Tom Brady had to make some really tight throws. Guys didn't come up with the plays. I mean, Gronk had his worst day, I think, uh, since he's been here, certainly, with just two catches, 11 targets, four or five drop passes, I think, or balls that I've seen him catch before. Um, and the guys that came off the bench, they they were bad, right? Um, they didn't do anything. Scotty Miller didn't do much. Tyler Johnson didn't do much. He had a, He had a drop as well. We saw nothing from Jalen Darden, um, so they've got problems. I mean, they you know you get Brown back, sure. What kind of shape is he in? He hasn't played since October. Plays a different position than Godwin. Uh, isn't the big receiver that Godwin and Evans are. You get Perriman back, and, and that's not even a, a sure thing because he's still under COVID, uh, the reserve COVID list. He has a chance um, if he's asymptomatic and can have, you know, two negative tests uh, with 24 hours apart, but. Not guaranteed. If he goes the full 10 days, he won't be back. And so, you know, they're still a long way from being out of the woods. I know they play at Carolina. Uh, You know, Leonard Fournette, it doesn't look like he's going to You know, we talked to Bruce Arians, who said this is now Rojo's show, uh, which is pretty daunting, but he has a hamstring pull, and those weeks and weeks sometimes to to work themselves out. It's it's a darker day. Then I think people realize after uh, Sunday night's loss, it really is. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So speaking of Brown, 
If you ever wondered why Bruce Arians, you know, when AB was signed a couple years ago, said that uh, there's a zero tolerance policy, one more strike, and he knows he's gone, and seemingly, I don't know, maybe using fake vaccination cards and getting suspended for three games might be that strike. Well, turns out that Bruce Arians may not be the umpire, um, as the case may be. It might be Tom Brady calling balls and strikes behind the plate because Antonio Brown is definitely coming back. And one thing I'll say about Bruce Arians is it doesn't seem like he gives any any pause to what the rest of the public may think about his decision or whoever's decision it was because um, he was asked, you know, what do you worry? And I've gotten a ton of these emails. Um, and text messages uh, about Arians going back on his word. And there are a lot of people that are upset about that. You know, they thought, well, this is a guy who's been a man of his word. You know, he doesn't miss words. And, you know, certainly he would stick by what he said a couple years ago. Um, But when he was asked, you know, about the public perception over his decision, he said, I could give a blank what people think. The only thing I care about is this football team and what's best for us. So, have at it, folks, if you want to criticize, you know, Bruce Arians, but he really doesn't care. And furthermore, if he did care, um, I'm not sure he could do a lot about it. And and on top of that, they've got no receivers. <laughs> so Antonio Brown, you know, coming off the couch or the gym or wherever he's been the last few weeks trying to get that ankle ready is sort of a godsend for them, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, they they desperately need him going forward this week and on. Without Chris Godwin, we saw how Jalen Darden, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller didn't really provide a lot in that Sunday night game against the Saints. You got to have someone opposite Mike Evans, and and Antonio Brown can be that threat to open up the field more for Evans, for Gronk, for the running backs out of the backfield. All that is you, you've got to have another guy there, and they desperately need him now. They need them. They need them. They're going to get them. Um, unfortunately, they didn't get anything from anyone else. And I asked Bruce Arians this question, and you know, and I know what he's saying. You know, this is professional football, right? And you prepare yourself to play. You prepare yourself for when your opportunity comes. Everybody in football, professional or really youth on up, they get their job in one of two ways, right? The guy in front of you gets hurt. Or the guy in front of you isn't productive, isn't doing the job. So they're going to turn to you at some point and say, Stroud, get in there, okay? And you have to be ready to perform at all times because your audition or your opportunity may last a play. It may last a series. It may last a game. You don't know, you don't know how long it's going to last, but you better be ready to play. And, and that's whether you've had a lot of reps in practice, no reps in practice, um, it doesn't really matter. No one cares. They're not going to, you know, lean into that excuse. But I will say this: um, more so than even last year, and maybe it's just because you know they they stay fairly healthy on the receiving position until now. You have not seen a lot of players on the field for the Bucks on offense. You've seen the same guys, right? Um, for the most part, it's been Mike and Chris Godwin. It's been Gronkowski when he's healthy. It's been uh, Leonard Fournette. And, you know, it's, it's noticeable if Ronald Jones gets, gets a carry or two carries or does anything in a game. It's noticeable if O.J. Howard even gets on the field. It's noticeable if Cam Brate makes a catch. 
Um, in one game he had a catch, and it was uh, his only catch was a touchdown. And Scotty Miller hasn't been able to get a uniform until Brashard Perriman went on the COVID list, and they, they made him active the other day. These are guys that made Tyler Johnson as well. You know, Tyler Johnson has been kind of, you know, their fourth receiver, their fifth receiver, and he's moved up the, the pegs a few a little bit with these injuries. Um, but even he doesn't make a ton of plays. All of them made huge plays in 2020. I mean, I can cite them, you know, each each one with, with plays that if they didn't make them, the Bucks don't go to much less win a Super Bowl. And we know which ones they are. You know, the third down catch in New Orleans where, you know, they're they're going to probably lose that game um, if they don't start getting something going on offense after the turnover. The, you know, the uh, Scotty Miller's, you know, touchdown before halftime in Green Bay. And Miller had a lot of big play. Miller was leading the team in receiving a year ago, eight games halfway through the year until what? Antonio Brown showed up. Okay. So. Scotty Miller was was the dude. Like he was, you know, he was Brady's guy. He had all kinds of chemistry with him. But for whatever reason, this year they've settled on these four or five playmakers, and the rest of the guys, they don't see the field very much. And not only do they not see the field very much, I can assure you that they're not seeing the practice field very much because the starters get the bulk of most of the reps. And I think what we saw the other night when they had to turn to those guys was – a bunch of players that Tom had no rhythm with, you know, because he hasn't, it's, it's been a year since he's had to utilize these guys. And, you know, I asked Bruce Arians about it. He goes, well, you know, it didn't hurt Ronald Jones. You know, you've got to be ready. And Ronald did a good job of blocking and catching the football and he had some big runs. Yeah, that's true. I think it's a little bit easier for a running back because it's more of an instinctive position. You know, you know, which way the play is going, you know, where the hole's supposed to be. Um, you know, the route running and stuff is something that Jones has worked on, and I commend him for that. And he did catch the ball, which was great. The other guys, though, they look they look like a bunch of guys that hadn't played with Tom Brady. I mean, that's that's what they look like. Like they were just starting over again. Now, this week in practice, when they get the reps, that'll certainly help. So, you know, I, I think that all of that is important, but I you know, they've got to reacclimate themselves to Tom Brady and see if they can make enough plays because uh, they certainly didn't make any plays uh, after they had those injuries. And, and let's face it, the Bucks never got inside the 20. Can you imagine that? They never made it inside the 20-yard line the entire game against the New Orleans Saints. So it didn't seem to matter who was on the field. And Chris Godwin played until 12 and a half minutes left in the first half. And, you know, uh, Mike Evans went out after that. But, like, the, even before that, the Bucks weren't really threatening to score. They tried the 45-yard field goal they missed. So, you know, it, it didn't seem to matter who was out there. One more item on, on uh, Antonio Brown. He has reached a settlement with his former live-in chef, Stephen Ruiz of L.A., of Taste That L.A., his business out there. The terms were not disclosed. Ruiz confirmed that uh, they did have a settlement, however. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to say, because I don't know, that this was a condition or one of the conditions of Brown's return. But it would seem it would seem obvious, right? It would seem as if what we do know is the team checked with the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department to see if Brown was in fact uh, you know, possibly gonna face charges or be arrested and at least for that jurisdiction the answer was no. And and it makes sense that somebody would have leaned on Brown or at least said, you know, uh, who knows what else this chef 
what other trouble he could get you into. Um, if it's true that you owe him money or, uh, you know, he thinks you owe him money, you'd probably be best to settle this before you come back to this team. And, and that's exactly what he has done. So, um, again, no terms. We don't know, you know, what he paid him, how much he paid him, or, or you know, whether it uh, settled. But it did settle the dispute in as much as uh, that, that part of the situation is over. And um, just wanted to mention that because you can read about that in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com as well. little Pro Bowl news. They've uh, sort of gotten ahead of uh, – Everybody, with respect to the the fan voting, is done. But then the players and the coaches have to do their part. But the NFL announced that a couple they leaked out a couple names of guys who have made the Pro Bowl. That would include one Tom Brady, who got the most votes of any quarterback in the NFL, and he is going to is is this right, Steve? I think his fifteenth Pro Bowl. That's a record, fifteenth Pro Bowl, and and despite Goodness. scoring no points on Sunday night, he still leads the league in passing yards and touchdowns. <laughs> incredible right um so yeah just uh only the third time in his career i believe he's been shut out uh not none since like 2006 2007 somewhere in there um but he's having undeniably a great year i love these nfl shows you know i i watch these things to see perspective that other people have on on the various teams and the bucks and um it's so funny to me like how quickly it's week to week but you know there's all this mvp talk and it's funny to me how quickly, you know, one week it's this guy, one week it's that guy. Brady was probably running away with it. You know, if you were making a bet in Las Vegas, you'd get really poor odds if you wanted to make money because Brady, Brady was a a substantial leader in that category. Now all of a sudden um, it seems to be kind of a two-man race between Aaron Rodgers, who won it last year and just, you know, escaped Baltimore with a one-point win, 31-30, because they went for two and didn't get it. And um, Jonathan Taylor with the Indianapolis Colts, who's having an amazing year and is a terrific player. Uh, the Colts, however, may not win that division, and they, they're probably going to be a wild card. So, you know, uh, do I think either of those guys are having a better year than Brady? Well, the, the numbers wouldn't tell you that. And we know that Rodgers missed a game because of his uh, – vaccination status or whatnot and, and and they wound up losing handily to it um so i don't know i I still think brady's in this you know a couple good games down the stretch leading the league in passing and touchdowns and all that might make people reconsider but, but doesn't uh, doesn't isn't timing everything because absolutely aaron Rodgers is in the mvp consideration mm-hmm. and think back to the first game of the season and what an awful game he had <laughs> yeah against yeah. what the saints the Saints. He was in, terrible. In yeah, Jacksonville, awful game, and it was like you know, does he even want to play? Uh, yeah, you know, after the off season, he doesn't even want to be there. And players MVP, don't like him. They're not playing hard around him. But you he's know, in the MVP conversation. Tom Brady, because his last game was a bad game. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, oh, he's not MVP. Yeah, but you know, it's amazing how recency bias affects all that stuff. Uh, it's it's everything. Timing is everything in life. I know. I've had none of it. So I can promise you uh, that the the breaks are all about timing for sure, and uh, and and right now it's on Rogers' side. But who knows what it'll be two weeks from now? You know, Rogers could go out there against Minnesota, throw three or four interceptions. They get upset by the Vikings. I don't think this is going to happen. But if it did, um, or he hurts his foot, you know, his foot is 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 damaged. He's been limping around, 
Um, what if he misses two or three more games, you know, and comes back in the postseason and loses? I mean, I, I, you just can't predict. It is a week-to-week league. That's the one thing that I've learned covering this thing, which is what's so terrifying for players about the 17th game because it's one that they've never had to play before, right? What if, and this could happen, okay, but what if Chris Godwin had suffered a, a season-ending injury in week 17, you know, a game that they normally would not have played? Um, and that, that could happen to any number. It could happen to Brady, you know, it's just, it's, it's really the assassins in this league are injuries and you just don't know what corner they're sitting around. You just don't, you know, it's Chris Godwin today. It's somebody else tomorrow. And a year ago, they had a ton of luck. They didn't have that catastrophic loss other than say Vita Vea and even Vea made it back, you know, and made it back at the perfect time. Talk about timing. They go to Green Bay. He plays 33 snaps. He records no stat, stats, but he plays on passing downs, and he absolutely pushes the pocket into Brady into Rogers' lap. And JPP and Shaq end up with five sacks. So timing is everything. You know, you've got to have breaks. You've got to have some luck. And right now, luck is not on the Buck side. <laughs> luck has, Lady Luck has gone home with someone else. So it's just uh, it's just the way it goes. So the Tampa Bay Lightning are finally back in action. Some good news on Braden Point, I understand. Well, first of all, we hope they're back in action. There was 10 games on the schedule for tonight in the mm-hmm. NHL. There's only two remaining on the schedule at this point. Oh, goodness. The Lightning versus the uh, Golden Knights is one of the games on the schedule. So uh, presumably they are going to play tonight. And Braden Point at practice on Monday in a uh, no longer wearing the red no-contact jersey. Which John Cooper had said, after Christmas we can put him in the day-to-day category. So presumably next week or the week after he should be back. Yeah, I mean that is enormous for a team that you know has or had the best record in hockey, despite all these injuries, despite their leading scorer and uh, you know a, an MVP candidate and Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point is just phenomenal. Um, does so much for that hockey team. So getting healthy um, around Christmas time, that's a nice present, man. That's pretty good. Uh, you'll you take, know? even if it's a couple days after Christmas, you'll take that Christmas present. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you know how it is. You, you get a present on Christmas, you take it back, you get what you want. Well, Braden Point is what they want. So mm-hmm. uh, if it's a couple days, it doesn't matter. It'll be, it'll be just fine. So, well, and, and, and we hope that the Lightning are playing after Christmas at this point. I mean, the no, first game back afterwards is the Montreal Canadiens at home. The Canadiens are currently shut down till at least Christmas. Mm-hmm. And through Christmas, there's a no cross the border rule in the NHL right now. So if they extend that, then Montreal will not be able to come down here on Tuesday, presumably. And yeah. that game could be postponed. Uh, then after that, you're at Florida. You got the Rangers at home. Uh, and that gets you to New Year's Eve. So. Uh, but the NHL is canceling lots of games or postponing, I shouldn't say not canceling, postponing games, a lot of them. Um, Olympics look like the players are not going to be going to the Olympics as we record this. Uh, it's possible news comes out after we record this, but uh, most likely they won't as they're going to need the three-week window to make up games and also the COVID protocols and, and all that uh, aren't going to allow that. So, Well, it's great news for the Lightning and, and – uh... And and obviously, you know, for Braden. So, um, 
you know, I, I, this Canada thing, the problem hockey has that, that the NFL doesn't mm-hmm. uh, undergo is that you're talking about two nations, right? It, it's, it's, it's hard enough um, in a league with, with a union uh, and the owners to try to come together on these protocols and things like that. But you can't move uh, what the national rules are in Canada versus the United States. You know, there are certain laws and federal laws and different things that allow or with immigration and allowing people to cross the border and whatnot um, under, under this pandemic that you just can't change. And that's why last year they went to a league that did not include, you know, um, traveling across the border, you know, until, until of course they went, or, you know, that one year it was actually, yeah, it was last season when they, they went to those divisions. But so this is all different and they, they may have to change some things on the fly schedule wise and who knows what, you know, this, this particular variant is, is going to do um, to sports in general, you know, uh, all sports. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here as we're doing this podcast, the Cleveland Browns are playing at 5 o'clock on a Monday. There's a Monday doubleheader. I think there's a game on Tuesday. Two of them. Hell, there, there might be one on Wednesday. No, there's two on Tuesday. <laughs> two on Tuesday, yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're, the, if you're one of these teams like Philadelphia that had nothing uh, wrong with uh, uh, no, no, no major COVID cases that would prevent them from playing, they've got to play on Tuesday and then again on Saturday. You know, and they did nothing wrong. Uh, not that these other teams did anything wrong, but like they're essentially, you know, being given a hardship um, because of, of of breakouts with some other teams. So it's a uh, it's a new world order, man. They're all just trying to figure this out on the sly and protect their brand and protect their business model and keep people in the stands. You know, which seems to be the most important thing. And television obviously drives everything. So um, it's been difficult and. You know, you got a Cleveland team that's down to his third quarterback, you know, uh, that hasn't played all year. So, uh, remember a year ago, you know, Denver had a had no quarterback at all, didn't have a guy who had played the position, and they made them play because um, the quarterbacks had taken off, you know, uh, their locators and things like that, and it had broken some protocols, and they all got they all got whacked, and and they weren't able to go. So, it's just you know. We we want our lives back. We want sports back the way it used to be. We 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 hope that just you know society in general, we can beat this thing somehow and get back to normal. But our jobs have changed as well. Like in the NFL, uh, we had been doing interviews uh, after the games in media rooms, sitting sort of socially distanced, but with you know with masks. Uh, and then um, you know starting after this new variant, um, they've got us uh, back in the press box doing Zoom calls. And and I presume we'll do Zoom calls with the Bucks all week long, which you know is requires us to run down, watch practice, run back someplace either in the trailer or back to our homes and and set up and and, and try to conduct interviews on Zoom, which is just not the same thing. It doesn't allow for spontaneity and and you know sort of line of questioning. Of course, I prefer to go back in the locker rooms in general, but you know, failing that, it was certainly a lot more relaxed and and personal uh, than on these Zoom. So we're back. We're back in that situation now, so they're all just trying to figure this out. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's complicated, man. It's complicated with the NHL. All right, so uh, one of our more popular segments, and I've already got some questions. Uh, we're going to do our mailbag tomorrow, and it's very easy to uh, submit your questions to us. You can do that on Twitter at Sports Day TV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. Dot com. We will read your questions, we will give you credit for them, and we will answer them 100% correctly or 
your money back guaranteed. No one pays for this podcast, right, by the way? I just want to make sure before I say that. That's that, correct. That we, actually, we actually don't owe people money. That yes, would be, but if you'd like to contribute, no. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you can also send your checks to uh, any of those addresses that you find our, our emails. Um, so, yeah, so mail, mailbag tomorrow. Of course, we'll be back out at the Bucks on Wednesday. They're preparing for Carolina. They have the Panthers twice in the next three weeks. This game is a day after Christmas. Wait a minute. Is it Christmas already? Is that this week? Yeah, that's Holy correct. Cow. Wow, Santa's coming. I better get ready for him and bake some cookies or something. you got four um, days. <laughs> yeah. For, uh, shopping? What's that? Uh, honey, what would you like? So, yeah, um, they they don't give me the memo. I forget it's Christmas, but um, we'll be uh, – We'll be wishing all of you, let, eh, let me be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas and, for that matter, Happy Valentine's Day, in case I don't get to it. So, um, but yeah, have a good one. But listen to us every day right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Myself, Steve Bursnick. For Steve, I am Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 